You're listening to Fake Believe, the podcast that gets some things right about conspiracies, cults, and cryptids. Hi, welcome to Fake Believe. I'm Stacy, and I used to own a Halloween CD that I would play year-round, and that explains a lot about me. <laughs> um, and I'm Rachel, and I do talk to myself, but I've never accidentally confessed to multiple murders on a hot mic while doing so. <laughs> You don't know that reference because you haven't watched a certain thing to watch that I keep telling you about, but I don't want to spoil it by telling you what it is. So I'm not going to, it's just going to remain a mystery, but I will also say it's been in the news lately. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I was going to say, I probably have already been spoiled on these things already. You probably have. Everything kind of runs together at this point but it's fine (laughs) have you accidentally confessed to anything on a hot mic not yet oh oh actually i have confessed to cooking topless (laughs) but um (laughs) other than that (laughs) nothing too crazy (laughs) what were you making oh goodness i don't even remember i just remember i reached up to get um like the salt or something and that's when I burned my belly on a pan. (laughs) And then when I had appendicitis, and since it's on, like, my right side, Uh I had to tell everybody before I lifted up my shirt, okay, you're going to see a burn. That's not not what I'm complaining about. That's not where the pain is coming from. And I am not in danger. It was just me being stupid. (laughs) Like, it was an accident I did to myself. Please, please don't come for my boyfriend. (laughs) At the time. That's who it was at the time. (laughs) So I don't have any any accidental burn stories myself, but I'm going to tell one about <laughs> Tiffany, who oh! you guys should know is my housemate and best friend. Oh my gosh, our, our frequent listener, Tiffany. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, we're calling you out like this. <laughs> well, it's kind of a bad story about me because I'm an asshole of a friend. Oh no. Also, she was getting ready and like we were getting ready together. And so she was not dressed yet. So she was just wearing her bra and um, curling her hair. And something happened. I probably cracked a hilarious joke. I don't know. But she dropped her curling iron, but it was still, like, clamped into her hair. And so it was, like, burning her back. And she was, like, screaming and, like, arching her back to try to get rid of the um, the curling iron. And I couldn't stop laughing to help her. And so <laughs> that's oh, the kind of terrible friend I am. But you guys, it was so funny. <laughs> This is what you've confessed on a hot mic. (laughs) 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 Well, (laughs) uh, maybe we should move on because I think we're about to confess a few too many things. (laughs) Next on hot mic confessions. Oh, no, we're just going to out ourselves and nobody's going to like us anymore, which means that nobody's going to (laughs) listen because our listeners are only friends. (laughs) Oh, no. Stick around, listeners. Stick around. Yeah, please do. I have to say today's episode, it's it's jam packed. It's going to be great. And I I'm so excited. (laughs) Do you know what I'm excited about? Do you remember our very first episode? I remember it fondly. (laughs) (laughs) You said uh, we should get to what we're talking about, which is. Well, not witches. <gasps> but now, what are we talking about today? Witches! <laughs> it comes full circle. Let's get into this, shall we? Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire burn and cauldron bubble. Cool it with baboon's blood. 
Then the charm is completely meaningless, Shakespeare. What the hell do you know about witchcraft, you poser? This didn't even rhyme. You can't rhyme blood with good. You're just perpetuating a stereotype. <clears throat> wow. Today's topic is witches. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, so today's topic is not that dirtbag Shakespeare, as your brother calls him. <laughs> I almost wrote that in there, and then I completely forgot to do it. So thank you for bringing up the Shakespeare's a dirtbag <laughs> thing that only makes sense to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for, the inside jokes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's going to be an outside joke now. Everybody's going to know about how Shakespeare's a dirtbag. <laughs> so before I continue... I want to make some things clear. When it comes to witches, there are a lot of things that can come to mind. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, witches in witchcraft are subjected to a perception of which they have no control. Obviously, we like to have fun here, but as I discuss the topic of witchcraft, please keep in mind that this is an actual religion for some. The type of witchcraft practiced by individuals is not uniform, nor is it inherently good, bad, or fake belief. <laughs> Despite our sign-off. <laughs> Witchcraft only falls into our realm because of the fake belief that it is scary. So when looking into this topic, it quickly became clear that this was quite a broad subject. <laughs> that being said, it is still interesting and completely worth talking about. Yeah. Another thing um, I, I do want to bring up as we go through this episode, nearly all geographical areas have their own version of a witch and nearly all cultures have access to their own pocket of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Today, we will not be getting into the specifics of all things witchcraft in an effort to respect the boundaries of each belief. Nowadays, witchcraft seems to be trendy, but it can be considered cultural appropriation depending on how, why, and what you practice. Some forms of witchcraft were born in direct response to colonialism or even Christianity. Mm -hmm. And it is not our intention to generalize all religious and spiritual forms of witchcraft, rather to contextualize what constitutes witchcraft. We intend to discuss other kinds of witches and witchcraft in, the, in future episodes, but today we invite you to sit for a spell and learn about witches and witchcraft. Yay! <laughs> I was like, is it still okay to pun? And then you answered oh, my yeah. question. <laughs> Listen, puns are for everyone. <laughs> and, you know, we, we like to keep it fun. We like to keep it light here. And the best way to do that, in my opinion. But yeah, so I just, I really wanted to make that point clear that it is kind of hard to just say, let's talk about witchcraft because... <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> Do you know what cowboys talk about? What? Hitchcraft. Uh, uh, I made that up. I made that one up. That's that's amazing, actually. I'm <laughs> Thank really, you. I'm really proud of you. But I was just really excited uh, looking into this topic, and I had so much fun. And honestly, Rachel, this is the longest episode I've ever written. But I, I was just really interested in this, and there was a lot of really cool things to learn about. And so... Let's go ahead and learn about witchcraft as a practice. As I mentioned before, we're going to be going over a rather general version of witchcraft. The concept of witchcraft is so prevalent in the world's history that nearly every culture has their own definition. On top of that, nearly every person has their own frame of reference for witchcraft. So is it Wicca? Is it Satanism? Is it like Harry Potter? What's the difference between witchcraft and wizardry, or sorcery, or magic, or chi? The truth is, there isn't much of a difference when it's 
double, double, toil and trouble boiled down. (laughs) (laughs) Again, culturally, there are different definitions, but let's get a general understanding on traditional witchcraft. (laughs) Listeners, you, you couldn't see it, but I did a very witchy gesture with my hands and my head. Yeah, and a witchy (laughs) shoulder wiggle. Yes, yes. So just imagine it however you want to imagine it. The witchy shoulder wiggle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The witchy shoulder wiggle and the lizard donkey kick. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Through our lens as Americans, we grow up hearing about how witches are bad. The media consumed did not often present witches in a good light. They were often the antagonists of stories, and even when there were good witches, there were always bad witches, too. Mm-hmm. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Good point. And then when we had, like, our war on carbs, and then even sandwiches became bad. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> With the good witch or bad witch thing, I've seen people be like, Glinda asks Dorothy if she's a good witch or a bad witch, and then she's like, oh, yes, because bad witches are ugly. And then it's like, well, what's that supposed to mean? Why'd you ask her if she was a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> what do you think about Dorothy, Glinda? <laughs> so... All of this can be confusing when you find out witches do, in fact, exist, and most of them aren't bad people. (laughs) If you were raised in a hardcore Christian household, you might hear that they are devil worshippers or heathens or ungodly people. (laughs) However, that is not the case. Real quick, though, did you know of anybody that wasn't allowed or didn't permit their kids to read Harry Potter? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that being a thing. Uh-huh. People weren't allowed to, to watch or read Harry Potter, and I was like, why? <laughs> right. And then, like, in my day, too, when I was a youth, it was uh, coming out of the satanic panic, and so there was still, mm-hmm. like, uh, some residual, like, not sure if you should be playing Dungeons and Dragons, like, that sort of thing. <laughs> and it's like, but I'm yeah. a nerd. I must. <laughs> I have to. It's my heritage. (laughs) And I'm a millennial, so apparently we all have to be obsessed with Harry Potter, even though we're, like, canceling J.K. Rowling. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh, why does everything have to be such a difficult decision these days? I know, right? I don't know where this voice is coming from, (laughs) like Eliza Minnelli. Maybe because of the Dorothy references. (laughs) Mama! Mama, are you a witch? Is that a Kansas accent? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just being like... (laughs) Like everyone's impersonation of Liza Minnelli, so. It's okay. It makes sense to me. (laughs) And isn't that really all that we're here for? It's all I'm here for. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So, yeah, they're not heathens, ungodly people, except um, for being heathens, technically, they aren't Jewish. Oh. Because that's, you know, heathen. I didn't know that. (laughs) So I'm a heathen in, like, the literal and figurative sense, it turns out. I didn't know that. And if I'm if I'm incorrect in that, please let me know. I'd be happy to change that. But based on what I saw, uh, heathen means that you're not Jewish. Oh. So, <laughs> or you, you don't align with the Jewish faith. But I digress. Weird. As always. <laughs> Witchcraft, much like Christianity, has a number of subsets of beliefs within the overarching term witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Some are polytheist, meaning they believe in or worship more than one god or deity. Others take a more self-reflective approach to the practice and focus on self-growth. Whatever their personal beliefs, those who participate in witchcraft do so through a number of different practices. 
Such as <laughs> flying on brooms. Um, uh, hey, no. Uh, mm. Okay. <laughs> stop that. You stop that right now. <laughs> the first overarching thing uh-huh. is spell casting. And this means employed to carry out a magical action. So it could be a lot of things. And so here are some uh, examples of spell casting runes or sigils, which are written symbols with spellbinding properties sympathetic spells. So this is when one utilizes an action or an image as a way to conjure a similar action. Mm. Um, So if you think of like a voodoo doll Mm -hmm. and like doing the actions and all that, um, one thing that I found was really interesting, and you did bring up broomsticks, didn't you? (laughs) Uh One of the possible reasons for why people think about broomsticks is because... um, Way, way back in the day, um, there was a ritual performed by pagans where they would, you know, get things like broomsticks or like gardening tools, things like that. And they would dance around and they would jump as high as they could to show the crops how high they need to, to grow. So then people were like, they're flying on broomsticks. <laughs> oh, my God, though, if I did that, I would have like the shortest crops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they would like reach up high and stuff, too, and try to be like, oh, look at this. Look at all of the cool stuff. I don't know. But yeah, so like um, stuff like that or um, th- there were, um, have been artifacts found of clay dolls that represent a pregnant woman. So... Yeah, they're busty. Yeah, they got big old hips, Mm -hmm. but they also have a big old pregnant belly. So it wasn't necessarily like for gazing upon. It was to try and be like, oh, I hope that we have fertility, whether it be for humans, for crops or for um, other prey. Mm -hmm. So they would try and show like, oh, see, this is this is what fertility looks like. So that's sympathetic. And that's something that you see a lot. Then we have things like incantations. Where peaches come from. Peaches come from an incantation. Yeah. They were placed there by man. Tation. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> Look at us go. Peaches for me. <laughs> Millions of witches. <laughs> so these incantations, uh, you know, you think of like curses or hexes or jinxes, stuff like that. And not uh, the monsoon kind. Oh, yeah, a different kind of jinx. And not the jinx, not which the jinx you one. should watch. It's a really great documentary. <laughs> yes. Oh, should I? Should I? That has nothing to do with anything that's brought up earlier in the episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I honestly wasn't expecting you to remember that or to make that connection. But no. Uh, uh, like, I was like, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the actual name. Susie said it. I was like, that was it. That's what I was supposed to know. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> And Hex is not like my cousin's cat, no. uh, who I almost named my lizard after just because I heard her talking about her cat and <laughs> thinking I was super cool. Yeah. Anyway, basically like the written kind of spell. Or not, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> basically like the spoken kind of spell. Oh. So uh, things that are said out loud. Wingardium Leviosa. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All that jazz. <laughs> and again, nothing is inherently... Good or bad. I mean, but when you start talking about curses, hexes, and jinxes, those are usually leaning more towards the bad side, but not all of them have to be that way. Yeah, I was cursed with a great sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so next we have rituals. So actions are ceremonies. And this incorporates so many things. You know, lighting a candle or burning incense. Um, I kind of get into that a little bit later, too. But anything that you're doing with an intention, anything that's ceremonious or a, an action with a purpose, that's a ritual. Sometimes you can consider praying a ritual. That That's kind of a catch-all, but we'll also categorize that under spells and spellcasting. Then there's amulets and talismans, which are jewelry worn to provide magical significance to the wearer. And some can even have pictures or inscriptions. And you don't necessarily have to wear them. You could carry them. Um, so like crystals, that is an amulet or a talisman. <laughs> I find it interesting that the plural of talisman is talismans instead of talisman. Really quick. Obviously, I watched the Lego Batman movie. Even Obviously. Though it wasn't necessarily intended for me. <laughs> but I love Batman. And actually, it was really, really funny. Had I've only heard great things about it. Yeah. It's so good. Like, I would recommend watching it. But one of the things, it's like this... this um, entity and it starts calling him Mr. Batman and I just <laughs> I love it so much <laughs> will do Mr. Batman <laughs> okay so that's what I'm thinking <laughs> Mr. Talson <laughs> not as funny but you get my point then we have gazing in the sense of like gazing at a reflection for divination mm -hmm. There's tarot cards, which is a deck of cards that provide guidance and wisdom. Or a great name for a lizard. <laughs> Perfect name for a lizard. I just love the name tarot for my little lizard. <laughs> we got her around spooky season and she's orange and that's part of spooky colors. And I just thought it was cute. I tried to name her Hex, realized that was my cousin's cat's name and messed everything up. And then tarot seemed just as good and I loved it. <laughs> It's perfect for her, especially since her leggy be sticking out. Her leggy do be sticking out. It do be like that sometimes. Like that sometimes. I want to just put, like, tarot cards down and have tarot walk over them so that I could um, get guidance. You should. And have her decide There's some... whichever one her leg be sticking out. <laughs> There's some beautiful tarot card sets out there. Like, obviously, the is it the weight tarot or the classic kinds? But then, like, artists will make tarot card decks. And you can find them, and mm -hmm. the artwork is so beautiful. I love tarot cards. Me too. The only reason why I don't have any is because they're too expensive. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, like, more tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that they're not worth, because, again, the artistry on some yeah. of is beautiful, gorgeous, love it. And I'm just, I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's also palmistry, which is examining the lines in a person's hand to predict their future and provide insight on their character. And then there's fetishes. Don't laugh. Not gonna. Don't laugh. Not gonna. I don't laugh at fetishes. Because <laughs> this is an object that has supernatural powers or power over others and usually human made. Not, not like all kinky fetishy <laughs> type of thing. Don't go there. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't do it. I didn't. As I read that and I was like, I have to be misunderstanding. <laughs> and I was. So <laughs> So if somebody says they have a witch fetish, you just got to, like, take a moment and clarify with them. You will have to ask. Yeah. Um, it's good to Do you mean ways. you have a fetish for wishes, witches? Mm -hmm. Or do you have an object that has supernatural powers or power over others? Right. <laughs> Usually human-made. I want one of those. Right? I'm, like, looking around my desk, like, what object could that be? And I do have a multicolored 
poop emoji. Poop emoji stress ball thing that, that Tiff got Ooh, there me. there you go. That's a power. <laughs> it's got a power. It takes the stress away. <laughs> I love it. It's well worn. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> One thing I've been noticing, I was, I've been saying this stuff. I really feel like I'm channel- channeling Lucille Bluth. <sighs> like, they don't allow you to have bees in here. <laughs> like, I just hear that in my voice all the time. So now that I've said it, I'm going to be thinking about it when I speak. So I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then also when I said that, uh, the last thing I felt kind of like a Linda Belcher coming out. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so the next category we have is necromancy. Mm. Not to be confused with necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> so please don't think that. <laughs> necromancy is conjuring the dead or spirits. This could be used for divination or prophecy. Mm-hmm. In some cases, this is just a means of communicating with the dead. But this could also extend to actually raising the dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so necromancy can be achieved through Ouija boards, mediums, and seances. How do what does one achieve nachomancy? By going to your local restaurant that serves <laughs> n- nachos and saying, may I please have one nacho grande? I don't know. Whatever but doing it in a spooky, witchy voice. Yes, and then all of a sudden, whoa, nachos appear. Magic! That's the kind of witchcraft I'm going to practice. It's nachomancy. Ooh, I love that. That's what I'm here for. What mancy are you here for? Nachomancy. Ooh! (laughs) I love it. So, next, I kind of did my own classification on this and I said natural healing and remedies. So this is kind of my catch-all for a lot of things Mm -hmm. um, that are considered witchcraft. The power of nature is something that is a common theme in witchcraft. Some witches worship deities of natures while others simply harness the power of the natural world, Mm. which I think is really cool. I love that for witches. (laughs) The whole like um, natural aesthetic reusing and all of that. That's probably that. my favorite aspect of it. That and I, I also really like the amulets too and tarot cards. I don't. Okay, I guess I can't oh. pin down a favorite, but I do love like the the nature bit feels um, just like the most um, impactful. I guess. Yeah, I think it's because it's something that's really relatable to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we all relate to nature because we live on Earth and. It provides us with things. And some people swear by certain herbs, teas, or essential oils mm. to remedy something or bring a certain energy. For example, chamomile tea is supposed to help people sleep. Yeah. Lavender is said to bring peace and calm. Aloe vera plants are rubbed onto burns for relief. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you use aloe vera in the summertime... You a witch. <laughs> She's a witch. Burn her. <laughs> now I'm already burned. I need to burn her again. I need the aloe vera. <laughs> Furthermore, natural ingredients can be used in potions, mm. elixirs, and even burned as incense. All of these examples are conducted with an intention, which is important for witchcraft. Sometimes natural elements are utilized as a ritual at an altar but not all of them. And beyond natural elements, 
Oftentimes, natural phenomena are charted for the use of witchcraft, like the equinoxes. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get practices like astrology. (laughs) I didn't know this, but sometimes people would be like, it's unchristian to look at your horoscope. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Because it's considered witchcraft. (laughs) So what are you? I am a Scorpio. Scorpio. Yes, everybody hates me for being a Scorpio, and that's okay, because I love you, and um, (laughs) it's really funny. I love whenever I tell people my sign, and they go, what? Because you're so sweet. You don't seem like a Scorpio. I'm a nice Scorpio. That being said, though, I do have Scorpio tendencies, I guess, like being mean kind of a thing, and... I love to use it as an excuse. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I'm a Scorpio. Mm. What am I supposed to do about it? (laughs) No, I'm a Scorpio. Listen, if you can't handle me because I'm a Scorpio, you're just, you're having a tough time. You must be a Gemini. (laughs) Jack's a Gemini. (laughs) Do you know know who's a Gemini? Travis. The face scrub stealing best friend Travis. Travis. <laughs> and what are you again? I thought you were an Aries, but you're not. No, I'm an Aries. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Because apparently Aries is another sign that's... Um, Amazing, awesome, hilarious. Not liked. <laughs> <laughs> and Gemini. Like, <laughs> like people don't like um, uh, Scorpio, Aries, and Gemini because, uh, like... Aries are Aries is the god of war, and so obviously there's like a temper uh, aspect to it. Well, that's not like me that. at all. And then Gemini, yeah. <laughs> and then Gemini, it's like two faced, two different kind of personality kind of thing. Like can't handle them. And I'm like, listen, I'm a Scorpio and I'm bipolar, so I probably have like some kind of Gemini rising, yeah, for or sure, whatever kind of thing. <laughs> like it's fine. Who cares? I'm medicated. We can all like each other. I have a birthday that's close to Halloween, and I think that's pretty cool, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so let's celebrate my birthday with pumpkins. <laughs> we can all get along. You can hate me. I don't care. I don't care anymore at this point. <laughs> if you hate me for my for my sign, that's fine. That's your prerogative. <laughs> yeah, that's like the... The best reason to hate you, really, because there are no other reasons because you're awesome. Oh, thank you. Some would disagree. Some people with whom I've had fights um, would disagree. But that's okay. That's fine. Because another thing I hear about Scorpios is that, you know, we may be tough, but like we we're also really loyal and like we'll tell you how it is Mm -hmm. and like we'll be there for you. You're also really good at starting fires. I'm in arson. Scorpios are really good at arson. Okay. <laughs> if you want to say so. I just, whenever I don't know what else to do, I just fall into some kind of a weird voice. Yeah, so. your Kansas accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's this one. <laughs> so, now that we know a little bit more about... Kansas. What witchcraft entails and Kansas accents. <laughs> Mama! <laughs> um... <laughs> Let's look at some brief examples of witchcraft as a religion. I know that I often take time to be like, I'm so sorry, I'm not meaning anything by this. It's because once something is recorded and published, it's really hard to take down. So I'm going to make mistakes. I am human. She's not a lizard person. I'm not. Please stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lizard, but I'm 
I, I guess that makes me a loser person, but I don't know. I, not in that way. I, I, I'm a smooth worm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, again, I just, I really want to make sure that people know my intentions are good, even though I am a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Um, as we go through with this, I get more into depth on three versions in particular, and then I kind of gloss over a couple of others so that they don't all like blur together. I don't want people to get confused and think, well, if this is that, then why isn't that this and Mm -hmm. all of that? Mm -hmm. So um, this is just uh, because we have a predominantly American audience. This is kind of tailoring to what we may know of in forms of witchcraft. And we're going to start with paganism! Yay! Yay, (laughs) There seems to be such a negative connotation with this word. But it is really just a catch-all for all polytheistic beliefs or religions that aren't Christianity or Judaism. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) that's really what it boils down to. That's how it started. Originally, this meant rural district or village. And it referred to the practices of the folks on the fringe. So people that didn't live in cities Mm -hmm. so we're talking like way back like lords and ladies all that kinds of things common folk did not necessarily practice whatever religion was held by the high society or those in power Mm -hmm. as christianity began to spread the leaders and concentrated congregations claimed to subscribe to this religion i love alliteration (gasps) i know that about you (laughs) but they didn't necessarily (laughs) understand it I like how I understand alliteration. <laughs> um, hence, paganism was simply a way to say not Christian. Mm. You know, I'm not trying to come for Christians here uh, at this point, but really Christianity kind of became like the popular religion of the times. And oh my God, so like, it's so popular. Oh Are you Christian? I'm Christian. So like I had, like I spent holiday at Rome and I learned about Christianity and it was like so cool. You should really try it. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to kill you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you you see a lot of, um, like, the nobles are talking with one another, and they're kind of spreading Christianity that way. Without getting too much into it, the spread of Christianity, a lot of it was spread through, like, the Latin language. So people would go to church because they knew that they had to, but they didn't understand anything that was being said. And so, you know, it, it was really hard to determine, you know, what you were supposed to believe. So you go back and, and you're still practicing what you practice, but you're, like, Christian or Catholic or whatever, you know, you're you're being told that you are. So around the Middle Ages, anything that was considered not Christian began to be referred to as pagan. Mm. Since pagans did not believe in the Christian God, anything they worshipped or believed in was a false god, Ah. and therefore inherently evil in their eyes. Mm -hmm. I'll get into more about religion, witchcraft, as viewed through other religions Mm -hmm. in a little bit. There's a lot of tangents, uh, (laughs) or I guess soapboxes, I Uh um, step upon in this in this episode and i hope y'all are here for it bring out your soap boxes yay <laughs> bring out your dad <laughs> okay next wicca so a form of paganism wicca is an extremely old religion that focuses on nature and magic in fact the term wicca essentially means the old religion hmm. 
So this kind of religion was developed over millennia, and it happened, for lack of a better term, organically. (laughs) Ever since humanity was able to comprehend aspects of the world, a form of Wicca existed. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, like with those dolls, um, like the fertility dolls Uh and everything. Like you would see cave drawings of very fertile looking women. (laughs) or very pregnant looking women Uh because they want to show like, you know, this is what we want. We want more people. And it it could be seeing the sunrise and the sunset. There's so many things that go into it. And ceremonial rituals would be conducted for things like fertility and harvest, obviously, because those are things that matter. And that's Mm -hmm. something that, yeah. And that's something that, again, we can relate to because we are born and we grow and we die. Like, you know, we kind of see that within ourselves and we see that within the world. Most of us are born. I mean, in a way, everybody's, everybody's born, Mm -hmm. no matter how they come into the world. And, you know, I just, I don't think it's really fair for people that, you know, cloned or right because they're still like they're still born anyway you're right um we don't want to exclude them okay mm -hmm. so again figures of nondescript women with large hips breasts and bellies were created to promote fertility for humans but also for the game they hunted Mm -hmm. and eventually traditions began to form and a somewhat scientific method was applied to learn more about the world and harness its energy so it's kind of cool i mean it's like what some would have considered Wicca or witchcraft back in the day, it's just how we're learning about the world and how we're finding things out. So, you know, again, you take an aloe vera plant, you put it on a burn, and you feel better. You're a witch, <laughs> but you found out more about the world. And, you know, it's pretty much scientific <laughs> in a way. And you had a hypothesis. I wonder if this will cool down my burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did. Mm-hmm. And then you keep doing it and it keeps working for you. So then you're like, all right, this is what we use for burns. So that's that's why it's called the old religion. Some people argue and say that the cave people weren't actually practicing Wiccas. But some do say, like, well, it's all part of it. But it's one of those things where it's like as people started to learn about the world and what surrounds us and what they can and can't use and um, harnessing the the power and the energy of what surrounds us. It's, it's the old religion, you mm-hmm. know? So, so this is really cool. So next we're going to talk about voodoo, a religion of many different spellings. Voodoo is traditionally Afro Haitian. The word voodoo is actually defined as deity or spirit. Now, as Americans, you might first think of voodoo dolls or magic, but being Americans, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what if we think about that song by Godsmack? Which one? It's called Voodoo. Oh, oh okay. We'll see. <laughs> For me, like the things that kept going through my head while writing this episode, I know you, you wouldn't know this reference, but Princess and the Frog came out. It was like, I was... Technically a little too old for it, but I was like, oh, it's lost, <laughs> you know, 2D Disney movie that they're going to do. I have to see it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was um, there was an African-American lead and I was like, that's so cool. And there's a voodoo priest called the Shadow Man mm-hmm. in it. And he's got a song and he goes, I got voodoo, I got hoodoo, I got things I ain't even tried. And so like that's been in my head like <laughs> for days. Since you've been writing like, this. I, I ain't even tried. <laughs> 
Yeah, I love it. Um, but, you know, whether or not that's a good representation, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bring that one up. <laughs> well, what I do know about that, because I haven't seen it, but I she was um, the first black princess, right? The first black Disney yes. princess. So the thing is, is great that they finally had a black Disney princess, but then she spent like 90% of the movie being a frog. So That's what a lot of people have said a lot in um same thing, like, with Brother Bear. They had Native American people. He spent most of his time as a bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just things like that all over the place. Uh, we can get into that at another time. <laughs> but um, that's just that was one of the things that was going through my head. I'll tell you uh, the other one here in a minute. <laughs> well, the other one that's been going through my head. But, but hoodoo is also, uh, uh, like, a witchy religion, right? Yes, and okay. I'll get into that in okay. just a second. Um, so... Like Wicca, voodoo focuses on medicine, philosophy, and justice with the belief that everything is spirit. So it's not just everything like has spirit. Everything is spirit. Mm-hmm. It's spiritual. Okay. Um, and again, this is my interpretation and understanding based on my research. And um, I would love if anybody actually does practice voodoo or knows somebody that practices voodoo, I'd love to know more about it. I'm very interested in it, but I will never practice it. And I'll get into that in a moment. (laughs) Some ways of practicing voodoo could be through rituals, song, dance, trances, prayers, gestures, and consuming food or drink. These rituals are performed with the purpose of serving the spirits offering protection, restoring balance, or providing favors. So that kind of goes back to what you were saying about intention, because as you were listing those, I was like, I do all of those rituals, but I don't do them with the voodoo intention. Exactly. And so whatever you do in life, even if you're doing it with intention, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what it's there for. And so you can't say that just because you're dancing, you're practicing witchcraft. Because maybe your intention is to exercise or to to attract a mate by twerking on the dance floor. <laughs> Once again, gotta throw in some jokes. <laughs> the best way I know how to do it is saying things weird. <laughs> Voodoo was formed in part by colonization, as it has some Roman Catholic influence. Mm-hmm. So influence, not direct descendant of. It's its own thing. A similar religion, hoodoo. I got voodoo. I got hoodoo. I got things I ain't even tried. (laughs) Um, So hoodoo was formed in secret by slaves in North America. And this, um, although very, very sad, very interesting as well. So um, people from different groups and and regions in Africa were now congregated together in a new territory, forced to participate in the religion of the land. So, um, you know, just kind of saying like all African people, they worship the same thing. They think the same thing. That's false. Same thing. Like whenever we generalize Asia or what makes somebody Asian, all those things, you know, very, very distinct beliefs are in each group and culture. Mm -hmm. But now we've put them all together, groups from Africa, and we're forcing them to participate in Christianity, whether or not they want to. So to preserve their cultural practices and beliefs, Hoodoo was developed, incorporating many beliefs. So um, since 
Voodoo and Hoodoo were formed in direct retaliation of colonization. Practicing it without having an African or Haitian lineage is cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 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 is what it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm white. I can't practice voodoo. And I'm okay with that. Not that it matters, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's one of those things where um, I read a very interesting article. I, I did put it in my notes mm-hmm. as well, but it was about how, like, witch talk has come up. So a lot of well-meaning people mm-hmm. uh, will end up practicing a form of witchcraft that is um, technically cultural appropriation. So some people are like, well, if it's a religion, why can't I be a part of it? Well, this is why. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it came because um, they were stripped of their culture. They had to mix it all together. They had to do it in private and they had to have influence of colonialism. So like, we can't say, like, we're part of this because we're not. Right. And that's it's it. It's not our experience. Right. In the, in that article, they were saying, like, listen, obviously, learn more about it. Celebrate it. Love it. Don't claim to be, like, a voodoo priestess or something like that. Don't appropriate it. Don't do that kind of witchcraft. But as you can see here, many regions have a form of witchcraft. So, just do your research to find which witchcraft is yours. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're good. <laughs> you know what? I will invite everybody to practice nachomancy with me. That did not come as a direct retaliation of colonialism. No. <laughs> it came from a direct retaliation of I'm so hungry. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so these examples are just barely scratching the surface of even within themselves, mm-hmm. but with witchcraft in general, too. So... It's difficult to give the appropriate amount of time to each, but other forms of witchcraft could include Santeria. I don't practice Santeria. Yeah, that was the other one that was going through my head. See, Three. he doesn't practice Santeria. That is correct. Because he is not Latino. Good. Exactly. <laughs> that is good that he does not practice Santeria. So that is an Afro-Cuban religion. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, sorry, because I got so distracted uh, with the song. Um, it's also called Regla de Oca, or Ocha. I don't know um, which one to say. Uh, because the word Oca or Ocha, I don't have a direct translation, but it's rules of Ocha. Um, so some people think that Santeria is a derogatory term, while others, again, who are who practice it mm-hmm. um, say that it is not offensive and it it's a term that they use. Oh, so yeah. with, within it, there's a little bit of a divide there. So I wanted to make it clear. I don't want to, I, I didn't want to use one and not the other mm-hmm. um, because both could work depending on who you ask, but it's Afro-Cuban. There's also Candomblé, which is African-Brazilian. There's um, Hellenistic and that's ancient Greek. Mm-hmm. So paganism is a lot of times polytheistic and since something is polytheistic and it's not christian it's technically you know falling in this category but hellenistic i think um from what i understood took it a little bit of a step further than just being polytheistic um and had some more um like rituals and 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 whatnot um, that would be classified as witchcraft Mm. and there's also brujeria and um, that's Latin American and Afro-Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I, I know very little Spanish, but I do know Bruja is witch <laughs> and Brujo is the masculine. Mm-hmm. So I think it sounds like bro. And I just really want to start calling people Brujo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I just read a really great young adult novel about that. It's called Cemetery Boys, if anybody is interested in it. And it talks about the the what is the religion called itself? Brujeria. Brujeria. And it's interesting because the main character is a trans boy. And so it's um, dealing with him being a brujo, but then like his culture and his family, like thinking of him as a bruja and then like, you know, getting through oh. all of that. It's really interesting. It's a great story. Cemetery Boys. Check it out. I like that. Actually get into something on that thought process in a little bit too. Oh, so okay. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Thanks. That's really cool. You're welcome. <laughs> so within my preliminary research, I was able to find a number of examples of witchcraft in Asian cultures, but it was difficult to find an actual religion based upon that kind of practice. So there isn't really necessarily a direct translation of like Wicca to something in Asian cultures. Um, they do have magic. They do have names for witches, but it's not necessarily a religion. So I didn't really include it in here because Asian religions like Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, and Islam, although it does categorize dark magic as forbidden, utilize forms of magic within the practice. Hmm. That is not to say that they are necessarily classified as witchcraft, but it's important to identify the prevalence of witchcraft's influence beyond what we know. Mm -hmm. So for this reason, I left out the practices of magic in Asian cultures to ensure that I do not generalize entire religions. I, I can't say that, um, you know, Hinduism is witchcraft because they do certain things. Um, so since, um, and also, again, it gets down to like Chinese and Japanese cultures and what they call um, witches and, and how they interpret magic. Russian, believe it or not, also Asian. Um, and there are plenty of others, um, uh, you know, other places that we don't even think of as Asian because mm -hmm. we are ignorant Americans. Um, but um, really every single culture has magic in within it mm -hmm. um, in some capacity. So speaking of generalizing entire religions, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about witches as defined by other religions. So this is um, a religion generalizing a religion, <laughs> um, essentially. Other religions, <coughs> Christianity, have changed the perspective on witchcraft in general. As I mentioned earlier, with the development of paganism, it has become quite clear that witchcraft was demonized. <laughs> a number of religions incorporate a level of magic or witchcraft in one way or another. What is considered a miracle or a gift from God in the Bible is very similar to the things that they demonize outside of the Bible. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to jump in. What about how, like, with Catholics and how the um, during Holy Communion, the wafer becomes actual Christ's body that's basically necromancy? Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. And then with communion wafers, there's... You guys, there's an overlap here between necromancy and nachomancy in the Catholic Church. Oh, my God. You heard it here first. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's so many things, like, you know, if you read the Bible, you're like, 
what? <laughs> <laughs> That's something that happened. Now, not all forms of Christianity interpret the Bible literally, mm-hmm. uh, but some do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Um, there's, you know, witches that are mentioned in the Bible. There are miracles that are performed that, again, could be considered witchcraft mm-hmm. unless it's in the Bible or whatever. So not that not to say that this invalidates Christianity as a religion or anything like that, just that you got to have some perspective. I mean, there's there's magic everywhere and whether or not you call it magic or a miracle or mm-hmm. a gift from God or something, it's 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 human. It's human to have beliefs that are larger than life. Um, Islam, Judaism, and other religions have prosecuted people for their perspective on magic. You know, not just Christians. We all know about the Salem witch trials, Mm -hmm. but for centuries, people have been accused of witchcraft and were punished. Mm -hmm. Downer kind of note here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I'll bring it back up. (laughs) Okay. Because it also, unfortunately, is pretty misogynistic throughout, too. Well, it's so funny that you say that, because a majority of the people who were prosecuted for witchcraft were women. Uh, Yeah. See? Weird how that happens, huh? I know. Fun fact, though, the first person in the Salem Witch Trials was actually a man. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. They like to be prosecuted. So, because of this, contemporary witchcraft leans heavily towards feminist beliefs. The patriarchal structures of the contemporary religions have not offered women much spiritual satisfaction. No, they have not. Mm-mm. We pray to a male deity and to pray to any other would be idolism. Mm-hmm. Our role is to serve our husbands and mm-hmm. we must be subservient to them. Representation in the Bible is scarce. And when it is, there is usually some form of sexualization accompanied with it. And that sexualization isn't like free or or loving, it usually involves sex work or mutilating oneself to stop the temptation of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole Madonna horror dichotomy in, mm-hmm. the, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, pretty much uh, any time I would hear about, um, like, I'd get excited whenever I'd hear a woman's name in Bible study or anything like that, and then I'd find out she was a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Like, no. she, and she got eaten by wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> Um, chopped off her breasts. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> How Job lost his wives, but it's okay. He got new ones. Like <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Turn into a pillar fresh. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Few women are considered saints by the church, and the clergy is underrepresented by females. Mm-hmm. So people today will be like, "Oh no, there's there's females in the clergy now." I don't care. It's not enough. <laughs> I mean, like, proportionally, it is not enough. So that's why, you know, again, we don't feel spiritually satisfied all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, some women do find spiritual satisfaction in these contemporary religions, sure. which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But some don't, mm-hmm. and they don't know where to turn, except for witchcraft, because it's already associated with females. So it seems natural Mm -hmm. (laughs) that the women who felt rejected by religion would turn to paganism for spirituality which is cool um female qualities are celebrated and there's a balance between the masculine and the feminine Mm -hmm. so because a lot of times like they have 
a, a god for masculine and a god for feminine. Like, there's always a balance. There's there's never just one. There's both. One is not above the other. So I, I can't necessarily speak on this directly because I identify as female. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the gender I was assigned at birth. But from what I can tell, these religions welcome non-binary and trans folks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm incorrect, please let me know. But it appears as though having a balance of masculinity and femininity within yourself is celebrated in contemporary witchcraft. Nice. You have to have both. You have yeah. to have a nice balance. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you feel like an outcast, if you feel like you're rejected, witchcraft isn't just for women anymore. <laughs> it's for all of us. It's for everybody. <laughs> That's that's kind of how um, it's been defined through other religions. It's been, you know, demonized. It's negative. Um, and it's um, it's like rebellious almost to be a witch. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you're just simply trying to find yourself. And the only way that you can find yourself is through this kind of spirituality. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. More power to you. But whether or not you consider yourself a witch you may find yourself conducting activities that are traditionally pagan. <gasps> ah, I got you. Okay, I'm about to call everybody out here. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, okay. Okay. First one. Mm-hmm. Celebrating your birthday. I'm a witch. You're a witch. <laughs> Events like birth were believed to bring out spirits, so people would light candles on their birthdays to protect themselves from the evil spirits. Oh, Isn't that cool? it's my book. Can't your birthday candles and all that stuff. Also, you're making a wish when you blow out the candles, uh-huh. so that's also pagan. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, witch. Okay. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays, Jesus didn't celebrate his. Or <laughs> Christmas was taken from the Roman festival Saturnalia because Christians didn't do birthdays. But they needed a reason to celebrate the birth of their savior. You know, they didn't have a birthday necessarily, but they're like, well, there's this festival thing that already happened, so we'll just do that. But like for us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> and then everyone's like, Jesus was born on this day. No, he wasn't. No, he was born I'm in sorry. summer, wasn't he? Didn't they determine that? Something like that, based upon how um uh the reason why Mary and Joseph were traveling was because they had a report for a census and that usually happened around that time of year. Mm-hmm. So it would have been impossible for him to be born in a barn at that time. <laughs> <laughs> also, really quick, but I'm really sick of people saying that Mary is a whore. Or that, like, she lied about this because she was 14 years old. Who says that? Who calls Mary a whore? A lot of people. (gasps) A lot of people. So many people. I've heard it so many times. Um, Oh, because they don't believe that she got um, impregnated by God? Yeah. So they're just like, oh, she's a whore. And especially because she's portrayed as, like, a, like, matronly figure, Mm -hmm. you know, a a mature woman. Right. She's in eighth grade. Yeah. She was 14 years old and um from what i've heard there were people like nomads people that would travel you know oh, no. and um so it's very possible that one of them came in and declared themselves an angel had sex with her but even raped her. raped her yeah yeah um because <laughs> you know some people are like oh it's the immaculate kind of no, no no i mean like actually came in and like raped like there was sex involved mm-hmm. and it was rape and then um then she got pregnant and because of her understanding of everything she was like oh well it was it was an angel that came in and and gave me this 
this gift because she was a virgin, so mm-hmm. she didn't know what sex necessarily was. Yeah. What all of that entailed. So I'm really sick of people calling Mary a whore, whether or not you believe that she uh, had an immaculate co- conception because she was a child. So leave her alone, leave her out of this. She was raped. <sighs> that was a soapbox that wasn't even written in. I just, I can't, I can't help it. I hate that one. And it just really upsets me. Yeah. Ugh, I have not, not ever heard anybody say that, so... I've heard quite a few people say it. And then, like, I'll see, like, TikToks and stuff of people Ugh. being, like, when you use a lie and then uh, you accidentally form a whole religion out of it. I'm like, I don't think she thought she was... Like, I don't think she was lying. She didn't think that she was lying. Because mm. she really thought that she got impregnated by an angel and was having God's son. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Easter. Here we go yes. again. <laughs> Christianity swiped the spring equinox festival from pagans as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since that day has the same amount of lightness and darkness, it shows a balance of emerging from the death associated with winter and the new life associated with spring. Mm-hmm. Those familiar with Christianity see the parallel in Jesus' resurrection, but pagans also included fertility in this. Fertility is something that I've been saying a lot this episode, but that's because it's something that, like, is has shown up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, you needed to be fertile. And now we're like, oh, put the brakes on now that. Now, like, pump the brakes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, unless you're ready for it, then in which case, go for it. Which anyway. case? <laughs> this is why Easter is associated with bunny and eggs, mm-hmm. both representing fertility and getting it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's my porn music. It's I look. I watch weird porn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently. <laughs> so also the reason Easter changes its date every year is because of the equinox, which sounds pretty witchy to me. It fell on my birthday one time. Oh. There was one time um, it fell on my dad's birthday and I go, Dad, I didn't know you were born on Easter. <laughs> <laughs> he loved that. <laughs> All right, next one. Wearing wedding rings on your left finger. Oh, oh. guess I'm a witch. <laughs> She's a witch. I'm a witch. <laughs> Wearing a ring there is to show your commitment because the vein in that finger leads directly to your heart. Oh, you witch. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in European, uh, they wear it on their right hands. Their wedding rings on the right hands. Well, they're also witches. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do both veins? Well, it's that finger in general. They call it the fourth the ring finger, finger if you don't count the thumb. Yeah. Or like the, yeah. Um, it's not the fourth. I'm sorry. If you do if count you. the thumb. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I misspoke. Um, but that finger, that ring finger that we talk about, it's because like, oh, it leads to your heart. Does it really? Or is that a folk- folklore? Do you know? I think, it, I mean... Don't all veins lead to your heart? <laughs> Eventually. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. It's like, it's this direct path. I don't know too much about human anatomy, believe it or not. What? Um, <laughs> your, your communications program didn't go through human anatomy? I know. I failed. I failed that part. <laughs> okay. Uh, crossing your fingers for luck. I only cross my fingers to tell lies. Oh, well, yeah, that's another uh, pagan thing, too, you witch. Um, <laughs> so uh, people used to actually cross fingers with one another. So kind of like how, like the pinky promise mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. but they would use their index finger, and um, that would represent unity and would transfer 
the power of helpful spirits to one another. Aww. So, like, I think that's adorable. So, like, you would do it, like, yourself or, like, you know, to show, like, oh, good luck, like, to a person. Mm-hmm. Like, showing it to them or being like, oh, for us, kind of a thing. And it's, you know, I think it's adorable. It is. I agree. <laughs> the bad luck thing, um, it did kind of come with, like, a Christian standpoint, but I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking on wood to ward <gasps> off bad luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, everyone's like, oh, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah people say that all the time. Pagans! <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to have to turn down my audio so much because I'm just screaming, <laughs> witch and pagan. <laughs> so if you knock on wood, mm-hmm. you're evoking the spirits of the trees, you witch. This is also a way to scare off evil spirits or make noise so that they can't hear you. So that's why you're like, oh, knock on wood as you're saying something like that hasn't happened yet. Right, that could be bad. And you're like, go get away. I know you're interested in this bad thing happening to me, but... But you can't hear my plans, you stupid demon spirit (laughs) thingy. (laughs) Ha ha, fooled you because I knocked on some wood. Yeah. (laughs) And the last one I have, covering your mouth when you yawn. Oh. oh, so demons don't fly in? Yeah, you thought you were being polite, but you're practicing witchcraft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doing this keeps demons or evil spirits from entering your body. <laughs> also, if you don't yawn when somebody else does, you're a sociopath or something. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> you have no empathy. That's, yeah, that's that, that's nothing to do with paganism. But anyway, <laughs> um, there's so many more examples, but those are just a few fun ones to start off with that I thought you'd enjoy. I do enjoy that. I do enjoy um, that we have, ex- or on purpose sometimes, just done witchy things. Yeah, no, I love it. I love the witchy stuff. The real takeaway here is that you can't judge a spell book by its cover. No. <laughs> Witchcraft has helped the human race in so many ways, yet it appears to be demonized. People use spirituality to get through the hard times and celebrate the good. So there's no reason to be scared of it. When we think about witches this time of year, Halloween, we don't think of the good ones. Instead, we think about ugly old hags that have malicious intentions. That's a story for another time. (laughs) But now Rachel is going to tell a story that really sucks. (laughs) From the beginning of humankind, there have been tales of lost souls wandering the night, leaving death and terror in their wakes. Worse, they are often revenants of loved ones whose presence once brought comfort and now brings only loss and betrayal. We come up with solutions. Perhaps we can protect ourselves with garlic or holy water. Maybe we simply don't let them in when they knock on our doors. And today that's what we do. We don't let them in. Virtually nobody believes in vampires anymore, at least in their supernatural form. So then we must ask ourselves, what is so senseless about the human condition that we created vampires to make sense of it? What is so terrifying that we created vampires to bring us comfort. I don't have the answer to those questions, so all I can do is offer some advice. Don't think about it, dear listeners, as I regale you with tales of the vampire. Ooh, <laughs> I want to suck your blood. <laughs> <laughs>
I thought mine was somber. <laughs> when it's like, humans are evil. Don't let them in your house. <laughs> it's hopeless. We're hopeless. <laughs> oh, oh well. well. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> enjoy the ride. It's kind of a fun ride. It could be, yeah, depending on how you feel. Yeah, depending on your uh, alcohol tolerance. What? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, for since like the beginning of time, basically there's tales of vampires. Um, we have evidence as far back as 3000 BCE of um, evil monsters sucking blood from innocent victims because there were drawings found on Persian pottery shards from that long ago. Not the Persian pottery pottery shard. Oh, <laughs> yeah. ooh, saying it fast is hard. Do it. Persian pottery shard. Persian. <sighs> I can't. <laughs> it is too much concentration that I don't have. <laughs> I won't make you do it then. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. gracious. Um, one of the earliest of these tales is of Lilith, which I'll share because she not only stands as like a precursor to modern day vampires, but a lot of the stories about her are very similar to other origin stories around the world. So, and it's funny, too, since you were talking about Christianity, because Lilith, of course, is involved with that, too. Yeah. So I knew a little bit about her before researching vampires, but I actually wasn't super clear on the whole story. So this is kind of fun. Do you know about Lilith? Yeah, I mean, I know of the story, but then I get really confused um, <laughs> at certain points. So. so she was supposedly the first woman created before Eve. Um, and she was created alongside Adam with the same clay that he was made from. So not from his rib the way Eve was. And so then she assumed that they were equals. <laughs> oh, that's silly of her. <laughs> so then Adam demanded that she be subservient to him. And some sources said that she wanted to be on top during the S-E-X. What? <laughs> yeah. But girl, don't you know you can just lie there? Yeah, it could be so easy. I know. You don't even have to put your book down. So <laughs> um, she refused not to be seen as Adam's equal and instead chose to hags K-I-T out of there. And I'm going to make this stick. This is going to happen. That's, you know, hags, like have a great summer. Keep in touch. I <laughs> Hags kit, hags kit. So she was gonna hags kit right out of there. Yes, my queen. So she ran off to live by the sea with a bunch of fallen angels. Also Still known my as queen. Demons. I want to go to the beach. I want to run away to the beach for equality. Down by the bay where the fallen demons roam. <laughs> Back to my home. I cannot go. So then Adam was all like, well, I want a companion, well, I drove her away by not treating her as my equal, well, but I want her back. I'm a nice guy, I don't get it. <laughs> Why do girls only go over guys that are not nice, like fallen angel types? Ugh, I'm so nice, you're a whore. <laughs> Literally from the beginning. <laughs> And then uh, Lil is like, no, you do not want a companion. You want a maid or a mom or whatever. Oh. <laughs> but I'm happy chilling with my boys, not the Utters, the Fallen Angels. <laughs> and this is why. First of all, they're not dorks like you, Adam. <laughs> and second of all, they recognize that I'm their equal. Mm. Yes. Love a good ally. Yes. <laughs> Demon allies. Yes. But Adam, <laughs> though, continued to wine. Nevertheless, he persisted. <laughs> so God was like, fine, 
I will send someone to go get her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just <laughs> go ahead and just be like, fine. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. I just think it's funny that like I give you someone. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll send someone. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, like I think it's funny, but like it's it's fine. (laughs) I don't know why you couldn't have done it, but like it's fine. It's fine. So he sent Gabriel, the angel, not my first dachshund, to go pick her up. (laughs) Yeah, I I I don't even remember Gabriel. I called him Dado. I was that young. I couldn't pronounce his name. Oh, I know. He's got little angel wings himself. (laughs) But she wouldn't get in the car because she didn't want no scrubs. So Gabriel said if she didn't get in the car right that instant, that she would have to watch 100 of her children die every day. Because I guess, Jesus. speaking of fertility, they were proliferating a lot in the old demon village down by the bay. Oh, but she can have hundreds of children? Enough yeah. to watch a hundred of them die every day? Right. So uh, think of it, not just her kids, but like their offspring. So like uh, this branch of humanity, like this these demon children. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a little bit more sense. Because I was like, that sounds like male reproduction, where they could just go... <laughs> get a bunch of people pregnant right and also remember that at this time in like bible times we're not sure because this is even before eve existed so we don't know how time worked so this could have been Mm -hmm. like thousands of years or something but so she had lots of children and since she refused to go back then she just was like fine i guess i guess a hundred of my kids are gonna die every day um and she also got barred from heaven by refusing to go back yeah so of course she vowed to seek vengeance. Of course. So, at first, it does seem like a pretty girl power story. But then... Hashtag girl boss. Yeah, hashtag girl boss. <laughs> um, that, uh, like a lot of the female revenge movies, you have that moment where you realize it was written by a man. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, Lilith's revenge was to destroy all hope for women, the offspring of Eve, who is made from Adam's rib, um, and therefore subservient to him. And so she was destroying their hope to have happy families. So mm. Lilith seduces and torments men, fine, whatever, but also kidnaps and kills children. Ooh, not a good look, Lilith. Mm-hmm. Oh, so really quick, when you were talking about, like, the written by man thing, mm-hmm. um, last night, uh, Zach and I were watching School of Rock, mm-hmm. and he goes, man... They really did Sarah Silverman dirty in this movie. Like, she sounds like a whiny, unreasonable bitch, but she's the one that's like, hey, you impersonated somebody and were taking care of children and took young, impressionable kids out of their classrooms, uh, like, on unauthorized field trips and all this stuff. But she's, like, the bad guy. And I'm Uh, like, yeah, Zach, that's how women are written and he was like uh, and i'm like think about like all the adam sandler movies that we love like it always starts off that he's got some woman that leaves him because he's too immature Uh and we're supposed to think that she's the bitch right and you get the understanding sweet lady that comes in and she's the The romantic one like Uh i'm so sorry but she doesn't know like she doesn't live with you so she doesn't know that you loaf around all day and that you're a piece of shit so oh my gosh like um in breaking bad (laughs) skylar everybody's like i fucking hate skylar i'm like why and they're like she's such a bitch and i'm like why 
Because her husband is selling meth and putting, like, their whole family in danger. Yeah. And she's and not like, there for it. They're like, well, she cheated on him. I'm like, first of all, men cheat on women all the time in the media we consume. But also, she did that after she found out that he was cooking meth and, like, trapping her in this. So she's like, yeah, I'm going to go, yeah. like, because I don't care. I don't want, like, you scare Ugh. me and I'm terrified and you're, like, he's a bad person. You're not supposed to like Walter White. Like, that's the whole point of the show. Right? That's what they're conveying the entire time. Right. But people read into it the wrong way. But even so, there are still, like, a lot of times where, like, Lilith, women are written in this way that it's like, ugh. It's, mm-hmm. it, like... Again, like with Medusa, I mean, they're like, Medusa was raped in Athena's temple, and as punishment, Athena turned her into the snake-haired lady. And it's like, right? why? Why would a woman do that to another woman? Like, we don't. <laughs> exactly. So, women, if a man pisses you off, don't take it out on other women. Don't go strangling kids because of this. Mm-hmm. Strangle the man. That's the only message we are trying to get across here at Big <laughs> <laughs> Strangled men. <laughs> I'm just kidding. For legal reasons, that was a joke. <laughs> yes. Well, and because there are some men that I don't want to. Uh, I'm not saying to strangle every man. Just saying. <laughs> so, um, yes. Yeah, so this that's kind of why if you have heard of Lilith, she's really well known for being kind of like the incarnate representation of lust mm-hmm. and of like killing children. So while seducing these men, she would also extract their sailors and use them to produce half-human, half-demon spawn. Ooh. Okay, I like where this is going. Do you see how I use the word sailors? I did. I like Because for a second I was, like, trying to make the connection of, like, them being by, like, the sea and all that. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. I'm on board now. I just talked too much about semen during the... Um... <laughs> the Kraken one? Yeah. yeah, the Kraken episode, so... But yes, yeah, so she had half human, half demon spawn because apparently she didn't know that you can just lie there during sex. <laughs> she would also be so exhausted that she had to drink the man's blood mm. to gain strength afterwards. And this would sometimes kill him. Yeah. And this like makes sense why they didn't teach this in Bible school. <laughs> <laughs> She's only mentioned in the Bible once. Um, I don't know if that's because that one king who, like, took all the stuff out of the Bible. included Like, King James. <laughs> if he did that with her or other reasons. This part isn't mentioned in the Bible, but. Um, then how do we know about at it? At least in the version we have. Uh, some other dude, um, Alphabet of Ben Sirach. You wrote a fan fiction? He wrote um, a expository essay. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. It's fan fiction. Well, also our, our boy Gilgamesh encountered her so she's been around for a long 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 time she was running around strangling kids seducing men drinking their blood popping out demon hybrid babies and those demon hybrid babies were our first vampires (laughs) (laughs) they've changed a lot over the years though so our understanding of lilith has also changed at first she was gnarly looking because people were like she's pure evil so she was shown as like a bird-like creature or sometimes a woman with Owl feet. Oh no! Uh, I know. And remember how gross owl legs are and like owl feet on a woman. I can't. So, um, like I said, this this expository essay is called "The Alphabet of Ben Sirah, and it was written sometime between the eighth and tenth centuries. And her story echoes a lot of other ancient tales of either demons or demon-like creatures, many of whom drink blood, 
many of whom were seductive women and many of whom killed children. There's kind of a common theme with our vampire precursors. Okay. But nowadays, and this took like a lot of time, but we began to see vampires more as revenants, so living dead instead of demons or ghosts. Hmm. And also this idea that vampirism is contagious is kind of not from the precursor era. And also... These ancient vampires didn't necessarily suck blood. It could have been some other life force or something that they drained. Uh-huh. Like, and have you seen What We Do in the Shadows? No. Okay. I highly recommend it. It is fantastic. But one of the characters is, I forget what they call him, like a psychic vampire or something. And so he drains people's like life forces. Anyways, but if they did drink blood, they didn't necessarily do it from the neck. Um, lots of times it was from the chest. And some traditional beliefs in Arabic and Persian cultures, they show vampires drinking blood from your big toe. Oh, okay. Based on your reaction, I thought it was going to be way worse, but I still don't like it. I still don't like it. No. I decline. Because imagine you're lying in bed. Nope. I decline. Okay. Your foot, imagine you're not only 5'2", so your foot is hanging off the edge of the bed, or you're in like a short bed. And then like, you're like, ugh, and you wake up. And there's a vampire biting your big toe at the edge of your bed. Ewey, I think that would be grosser than him biting your neck. You know, it's funny. Um, I'm not as freaked out by that because, like, as a kid, they were talking about vampire bats, like, in school, I guess. And they were saying, like, no, like, they're not, like, going to suck your blood or anything. But, like, they might, like, if you're sleeping, they would come in and, like, nibble your toe and then, like, just lap up the blood from, from that. So that's, like, this connection that I'm making here from, like, things I was told as a child. It's really throwing <laughs> me off. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I didn't respond appropriately. <laughs> I just was shook by the fact that that's where this was going. Do you know what? I bet that zookeeper or whoever told that to you was a vampire and he knew about it. You know, I bet they or were. Sure. <laughs> they did talk with a Transylvanian accent. It was weird. Oh, that is weird. <laughs> Um, By the late 17th century, the vampire was much more closely recognizable to what we have today, although still poorer, swarthier, less attractive, not really related to bats, like that's kind of a new thing. But Eastern Europe had become the epicenter of vampirism, at least because it was, I mean, it was kind of like all over the place, really, but Transylvania type, like that area is where they started documenting it for the first time. So reports of and investigations into vampir- vampirism were really commonplace there. So it's around this time that we get our first official reports of vampires. Official, meaning the sightings were investigated, reported and, si- reported, and signed off by government officials, including some military doctors and other ostensibly credible sources. Ooh. So there's two cases in particular that are credited to having major influence on how we view vampires today. And they also kicked off the vampire hysteria in the 18th century when people started seeing vampires everywhere. Ugh, I hated when that happened. I mean. <laughs> vampire, vampire. Vampire. It's like the Spider-Man meme. They're both pointing at each other and we're like, you're a vampire. Mr. Spider-Man. One of these such cases is Peter... Peter, no, Peter, Peter Blagojevic. Now, I didn't, I forgot to look this up, but wasn't there a Chicago politician, Blagojevic, who, like, um, 
he did something bad. Maybe he's in jail now. Peter, and I think even his first name might have been Peter. I don't know. Something is familiar. So he could possibly be um, vampire. Rod Rod Blagojevich. Yeah, Rod. yeah. And I think he was on The Apprentice um, too. <laughs> what did he do? So like the a little clip from Wikipedia that's on the side. It's like Rod Blagojevich, often referred to by his nicknames Blago or B Rod, is an American former politician, political commentator. And convicted felon who served as 40th governor of Illinois. Oh, governor of Illinois, Rod Blagojevich. Blagojevich, I think. Yeah, Rod Blagojevich. What did he do? I'm so interested now. Um, oh, he sold a seat. He sold a seat in the Senate. He sold Barack Obama's seat. It's all coming back to oh. me now. It's all coming back to me now. When your senator becomes president and you have a vacant seat. <laughs> Wait, is that what he did? Are you looking it up? I'm trying to find it. I, yeah, a, a pay-to-play kind of thing. I'm going to stop looking it up, though, because I'm going to take up way too much time. Okay. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, and that's not what we need right now. <laughs> we already got <laughs> off track by looking up Rod Blagojevich, and I don't want to know anymore right now. I want to hear about vampires, damn it! But he is one, and he was the kind that just sucks a different kind of energy he out of you. just sucks. That dude was exhausting, and he just sucks. <laughs> and he bites. Ah! I love it. The other Blagojevich, Peter, was an unassuming peasant in... I forgot to look up how to pronounce these. Was an unassuming peasant in Kisilova, modern-day Serbia, who didn't do anything newsworthy until after he died. So let oh. us... Be reminded, it's never too late. Aww. Oh. In 1728, he passed away and was buried. But then, a couple nights later, his son was awakened by a knock at the door. And there was his dad, Peter, demanding food. And his son was like, huh? No, you can't have food. You're dead. So his dad killed him and drank his blood. <laughs> That's so not cool of him not a good dad not a good That's dad so not punk rock uh-uh. my dad never did that i know neither did mine i'm just saying yeah our dads were better so peter kept returning to his home even like demanding his wife like to give him or to find his shoes which <laughs> god damn it <laughs> they're right where you left them peter so she was so tired of it that she hags kitted to a new village. <laughs> it's going to stick, everybody. Hags kit. <laughs> so then he just visited other people. And then these other folks started to complain about being sleepy and not just run-of-the-mill 18th century Serbian peasant sleepy. No. The doctors determined they were sleepy due to low blood volume. Oh, <gasps> Could this have anything to do with seeing Peter? Yes. They wondered. They would never know. Because a few days later, they died. Who, who's they? Like. The tired people. The tired people who saw Peter. So they saw Peter and they're like, I'm tired. I'm tired. The doctor's like, you got low blood for some reason. They're like, oh, no. I'm dead. <laughs> so about 10 weeks later, after Blagojevich had killed nine people. The town demanded an official inquiry. So Imperial Provisor Ernst Frombald and local priest Velik Gradisce exhumed the body and created the first documented testimony of vampirism. Ooh! So here's what we found out from this documented testimony. The body had not decomposed. 
This was 10 <gasps> weeks later. Oh. The complexion was still good. His hair and his nails had continued to grow, and there was fresh blood dripping from his mouth. Okay, makes too much sense. He's a vampire. Yes. So they staked that motherfucker, <laughs> and... <laughs> I love that. They staked that motherfucker. <laughs> uh-huh. And when they did, fresh blood came out of his mouth and ears, Ooh. and his eyes opened... Can you creepy, right? Oh, I don't like this. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they closed again this time for good. Wow. They burned his body, yeah, then naturally. spread garlic and whitehorn around his grave to make sure that any other corpses thinking about becoming vampires would just cool it and make a different decision. They'd be like, Oh no, they're roasting garlic again. I can't. I can't. No, no I can't. I just can't. Your breath this. is gonna smell so bad. <laughs> For so long, like even after you brush your teeth, did they even brush their teeth back then? No, when did tooth brushing disgusting. start? Oh, I don't know. Josh. I'm just making things up. <laughs> we don't do that. No, too. not here. Just this one instance. The other one I mentioned two big stories. The next one is Arnold Paule. I thought you were gonna say Arnold Palmer. That sounds no, really good. No, I saw him. Oh, I met Arnold Palmer uh, when he was alive. Oh, uh, not when he was dead. No, so he's not a vampire, as far as I know. <laughs> But how cool is it to have a whole drink named after you? That is the coolest. And it's Uh not even one where it's like, oh, your hometown bar. It's like, no, no, no. Everybody knows about this. Yeah. Because I did invent a drink at a bar I frequented and um, did name it after myself. But I was the only one who ordered it. And probably only the bartender knew it. Yeah. Not as cool. But it's okay. Dream big. I'm not as cool as Arnold (laughs) Paule. Or as cool as Arnold Paule, who died in 1726. So... Um, remember, Blagojevich was, he died in 1728. So Arnold Pauli actually happened first, but it wasn't investigated until 1731. Okay. So three years after. So it happened first, but it was investigated later. Okay. By all accounts, when he was alive, Pauli was dreamy. He was a soldier. Mm-hmm. He was good looking. He was well respected. But when he moved to the small Serbian town of Medvegia, he told tales of run-ins he and fellow soldiers had had with a pesky vampire. Being the dreamy Captain Serbia he was, of course Paole had to be the one to take out the vamp. Mm. Okay, it wasn't easy, but he succeeded. Good for him. So then, in order to protect himself after the attack, Paole ate some of the dirt from the vampire's tomb and then washed himself in its blood. Uh, I'm not following the logic, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> Right. And it's interesting that he did that. So that it was to protect himself for some reason. He thought it's kind of like a homeopathic almost. It seems oh, like. like a witch, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But he told everybody about this. He's like, yeah, I fought a vampire and um, washed myself in its blood and like ate its tomb dirt. And it seemed to work because Pally didn't die from vampirism. That's good. Yeah. He did die from falling off of a hay cart and breaking his neck. Oh, what a way to go. I know. Uh, what, wait, was he, did he see somebody he know and he was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then he fell off because he was too distracted. Because <laughs> <laughs> he tried to find a needle. <laughs> I'm going to try to bail you out of the pun. Oh, um, you're digging. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay. Um, this actually reminds me of 
honestly, like the, I don't know if I just saw it at a time in my life when maybe my hormones were running wild, that the saddest I've ever been from watching a movie is called The Man in the Moon. Did you ever see that movie? No. It's just like, it's a good movie, but um, the one of the characters on it is riding on like his, mo- his little mowing thing, a riding lawnmower. And then he's all happy because he has a crush on a girl and she likes him too. And he's like tossing his hat up in the air out of happiness. And then like the hat goes away and he reaches for the hat and then falls off and then gets killed by his riding lawnmower. Oh my God. It sounds absurd, but it was just like, uh, anyways, it's. The Man in the Moon, it's very sad. It like it ha- like I was depressed for weeks after watching that movie. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> this guy, Paolo, got buried after breaking his ne- neck. And then 40 days after that, four people in the village said he'd been roaming about and bothering them. And they weren't clear. They didn't go into details. So they're like, you, we have to go check out this guy, too. So the elders disinterred his corpse. And surprise, surprise, he had fresh blood. From his face holes. So like not just his mouth, but (laughs) it's also his nose and his eyes. Um, I do have to say, I love that like these vampires go and like annoy people. And then they're like, (laughs) like just, just being obnoxious. And then they still go back to their like burial. And they're like, all right, time to settle in. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. literally taking a dirt nap. (laughs) Yeah, and because this is the first time where we start seeing them documented as revenants, like, this is also, you know, where we start to to draw conclusions and say, like, why do they have to return to their graves every night? And, like, what is this all about? Is there a demon aspect to it? Is it you know, we don't know. Right. All we know is that we see them outside of the grave, and when we go to disinter them, they're still there, but they have fresh blood. So, obviously, they're out eating people. Obviously. It makes too much sense. Yeah, and in Pauly's case, he was also fucking with, like, livestock and stuff. So. Oh, this guy. Yeah, he had fresh blood. He had new skin under his old skin. No. Longer hair and fingernails. Uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I didn't like that. I didn't like that description. I know. There's some in here that I'm going to tell you that I was just like, there's one in particular. I'll point it out that I think is the grossest. Okay. Uh, it's grosser than the toe sucking. Uh. Okay, so when they staked him... This motherfucker groaned. No. Yeah. <laughs> and of course bled. Well, yeah. So the elders cut off his head and burned him. <laughs> and I, I just I want to remind you guys that this is 18th century. So this is during the age of enlightenment. <laughs> so people were getting all sciency and logical, but for some reason at the same time vampires and like the belief in them exploded at this time. So I was thinking it's probably because there's still so many things that they couldn't make sense of, but they they had enough medical science to know some stuff, but then like not others. And so they're like, oh, it's got to be vampires. Well, yeah, because vampires exist, you know? Right. <laughs> so after going through a few waves of hysteria, fully alive humans had compiled quite the extensive collection of vampire stories. So I'm going to go through the common findings of vampires before there was another shift in our understanding that occurred in the late 19th century. So this is how we viewed vampires from the 17th to the late 19th centuries. And you'll notice some things are similar and some things are kind of different. I'm cribbing heavily from a journal article by Paul Barber titled Forensic Pathology and the European Vampire. 
And I will link it in the show notes, but because it's borderline plagiarism, I thought I'd also mention it. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Let's cover our asses. First thing, vampires tend to have died in a traumatic or what was considered to be an immoral way. So either by murder or by suicide, which they thought was immoral, or the plague. Oof. (laughs) Lots of plague death. Oof. When you pop open a vampire's grave to check out why people in the town are dying mysterious deaths, we saw, you know, what what they would see there. I'm going to actually quote the author um, because I liked the way that he wrote this so much, but he's also quoting a text, so I'm going to have two different voices. So the first voice is the text he's quoting, and then the second voice is the commentary, okay? What a treat. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the original text. If, after a period of time, it remains incorrupt, exactly as it was buried, or if it appears to be swollen and black in color, having undergone some dreadful change in appearance, suspicions of vampirism are confirmed. Note that what is being said here is that if the body has not changed, then it is that of a vampire, whereas if it has changed, then it is that of a vampire. (laughs) That was beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, vampires also suck blood from their victims at this time, which is why Mm. they're bloated. um... (laughs) Oh, that explains why I'm so bloated. (laughs) Yeah, stop eating people. Oh, they'll tell me what to do. I'll change my diet however I want. Everything's fine in moderation. Struggling with belly fat? Stop <laughs> eating your friends. <laughs> oh my gosh, it does sound like some stupid weight loss fan. <laughs> no, 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 it's the blood weight that you gain first, and then you just flush it all out and you lose <laughs> Oh my gosh, imagine that infomercial. I will write that and I will produce it. Just kidding, don't hold yes. me to it. I do not have the time. <laughs> once we start doing this full time. Yeah, once we become like famous and people actually listen to us. <laughs> So another common thing that happened was vampires' friends and neighbors were dying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Vampire friends. I'm sorry. I just like that. (laughs) Vampire friends. It's my vampire friend. (laughs) Here's the one that grosses me out, and I'll see if you get grossed out too. Okay. Okay. So people heard him in his grave chewing on himself or on his shroud. (gasps) Okay. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. That's Wendigo shit. I'm not here for it. (laughs) Turn around. For some reason, it's even like the chewing on the shroud, like that really just like grosses me out. Like chewing on fabric. Like he's just like, like, (laughs) no, you're dead. Stop it. Stop chewing on your shroud. Um, they didn't typically have the fangs. I know, but but you're still chewing on stuff. Put it away. Enough. I know. No mastication here. <laughs> it's a mastication-free zone. Uh, back then, vampires' bodies were warm. Oh. They smelled bad. Yeah. There was no rigor mortis. hmm Their natural enemies were wolves and dogs. Naturally. Naturally. Couldn't cross water and had to return to their graves by sunrise. Mm. For their dirt nap. So, For their dirt nap. So my lizard um, is nocturnal. So she gets up um, and walks around more at night than she does during the day. Mm. She's a vampire. Lizard. She's a witch. She's a witch. She's everything. <laughs> ah. She's a lizard person. Ah. <laughs> um, it takes between 9 and 40 days to become a vampire after you die. I love that. I love that there's like a time frame. You have to go through like... 
vampire class. <laughs> you get your permit. Yeah, some people, they could fast track it. They could take, you know, an extra credit hour and get through it quickly. But most people take yeah. up to 40 days. Right. Like the nine-day program is like the accelerated yeah. program for the overachievers. <laughs> so here's how you killed them back then. You could stake them. Um, it, back then, it didn't always have to be through the heart. And it oh. didn't always have to be wood either. It could oh. be like a lot of different things. Everything I know is a lie. Mm-hmm. Well, things have changed. Oh, okay. Um, decapitate them. Mm-hmm. That sounds effective for most most things, yeah. actually. <laughs> most things. Most things. Uh-huh. Uh, you could burn them up. Mm-hmm. Again. And since you're a Scorpio and good at arson. Apparently, yeah. Being a water yeah. sign <laughs> and being mm-hmm. named mm-hmm. after a scorpion in the stars. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an yep. arsonist. I will I will light all of the vampires on fire. Come to me, vampires. <laughs> you are done. Stacy the Scorpio's <laughs> on the case. <laughs> I, in my head, there's like a, a cool theme song going. Stacy the like, Scorpio, vampire hunter, vampires hunter. beware. <laughs> <laughs> Pyrotechnics. <laughs> I'll stick ya. Yeah, I will stick ya. <laughs> stick, 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 stick ya. <laughs> Doing more visual things that are only funny if you're looking at it. <laughs> I don't know. The stick, stick, stick ya stick, is, stick, a good, stick is a good audio. Stick, stick, stick ya. Stacy, you the Scorpio. <laughs> alliteration. I know it comes back every time. I think alliteration is like alliteration and puns are like my form of comedy and saying things weird or in a funny voice. So naturally, <laughs> that's why this this podcast is filled with it. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, can, why tell jokes when you can just be punny? Puns are the most elevated form of humor. <laughs> what they say. Okay, back to vampires. Ugh, this is I my guess. favorite thing about them, which I didn't know. So if you wanted to either kill them or get – not really kill them, but bide enough time for you to get away. They're compulsive. So if you <gasps> scatter seeds or rice or shiny stuff, they can't help but pick up every single grain. So you can save yourself by just chucking some Uncle Ben's on the floor <laughs> if a vampire is near you. Or you can put a, a like a fishing net down and this little freak has to unravel all of the knots before he can oh my feel good enough about himself to go after you. Oh my god. So like, d- it does it have to be like individually picking up the rice or like if you throw it like a whole handful, yes. can you just like scoop it up? No, he'll have to pick up, like you have to spread it around, but he'll have to pick up each grain. One at a time? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay, I'm going to start carrying rice in my pocket now. <laughs> or pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> That's good protection. It's better than, like, holy water because then you could accidentally burn yourself. Right. It doesn't differentiate between the demons. Exactly. I'm just trying to be cautious here. <laughs> so one vlogger actually said that Sesame Street's Count Von Count is a vampire... Like, they made him a vampire because of this compulsion because the vampires had to count things. Okay, that's kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah. Also adorable is that some Slavic vampires actually shoot flames from their mouth. Oh, you cute. <laughs> uh-huh. Continuing with the adorable stuff, they'll scream or groan if you kill them in their grave. Oh, yeah. Like that one guy did, oh. like Paolo did. No, oh, look at a little noise that comes out when you stab. <laughs> no. So cute. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And also, vampires are almost exclusively from the peasant class in the in the 17th and 18th century. Oh, so at this part. point, they're peasants. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, you know, a lot of times you think of vampires like owning a castle or like being a rich person. Uh-huh, and that's a uh, late 19th century development. Okay. So um, the article that I mentioned, it explains how a lot of, like, all of these actually, except for like the compulsions, um, these events are actually natural occurring occurrences during the decomposition process, mm-hmm. and um, that they wouldn't have been aware of back then because they didn't have cable. Oh, so. that sucks for them. <laughs> <laughs> so nowadays, you can pretty much only become a vampire if you're bitten by one, right? Basically, yeah, natural. And in most tellings, you also have to drink. The blood of your vampire sire. But that's oh. probably just Mother Nature's way of regulating the vampire population because it was a lot easier before. <laughs> Mother Nature's way. This goes against all nature, but it's her way. <laughs> Vampirism is natural. It's natural, guys. Just stop freaking out about it. It's just a body that wants to <laughs> suck your blood. <laughs> you eat sometimes from your big toe. You eat. Ew, that's not natural. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Here are ways that people became vampires prior to the 20th century. So sometimes a cat, usually a black one, walked over their grave. Vampire. Stop blaming all your problems on your cat. Well, I'm allowed to because my cat's an asshole, but I love her. Oh, well, that's okay. And she's a black cat, so she might have she might be responsible for some of those vampires. Oh, well, I mean, that can also make you a witch, so. Yeah. Speaking of witches, sometimes a witch cursed them and turned them into vampires. Oh, Oh, well, that makes sense. All right. I'm uh-huh. on board. Sometimes their parents cursed them. Oh, I hate when my parents do that. <laughs> Go no. clean your room or I'll curse you. Make you a vampire. <laughs> Stop it, Mom. <laughs> You're so mm-hmm. annoying. I don't even like blood. It's not a phase. <laughs> <laughs> um, some vampires ate an animal that was killed by a wolf, and that was enough to turn them into vampires. So, like, the wolf was like, let me murder this animal, because usually I would kill them and eat them, but I'm going to murder it and leave it for this person, and then this person's going to eat it and become a vampire. It was the wolf's plan all along. I'm thinking maybe that was a rabies thing. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) The wolf murdered an animal (laughs) to turn somebody into a vampire. Sorry. You're right. I was wrong. I said that. In Germany, there's a type of uh, vampire called a Blutsauger. Sounds like Bloodsucker. Oh my God. It probably is because English is Germanic. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. A Blutsauger is a type of vampire and how this one would turn other vampire turn people into vampires was he would shove a handful of dirt into their mouths and oh. then if uh, the person swallowed any of the dirt they'd turn into a vampire oh my gosh this one is both hilarious and horrifying <laughs> at the same time <laughs> like it would be so scary but it's also just so funny like eat it need dirt you stupid non-vampire Oh my gosh, I have a weird perception on reality. I don't think so. I think it's logical. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the validation. I will not You're be welcome. taking any other criticisms. So, um, also, people who were witches while they were alive, a lot of those were vampires when they died, became so vampires when they were dead. There's, there's a chance still without even having anyone shove dirt in your mouth. 
Oh, thank God. Stacy, were you born with teeth? <laughs> um, well, when I was cr- when I was born, um, I <laughs> don't think I had teeth, but I didn't look uh like the woman you see before you. I had oh. um almond-shaped eyes, um, and Ooh. olive colored skin, and now I have big oh. old round eyes and pale ass skin. Um <laughs> and oh I also had really dark hair and then I grew uh-huh. up to be blonde. <laughs> huh. So interesting. So you're a witch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Essentially. But what about vampire? Because but probably not because you weren't born with teeth. Well I wasn't, but I do have a tooth that sticks out uh, farther than anyone else or any of the other teeth. Oh. And um, I was called a vampire in school because of <gasps> it. And so then oh. um, I would play into it. <laughs> oh. And again, I was never claiming to be a vampire. The claims <laughs> were made about me because of my tooth. So. <laughs> yeah, it would be really weird to claim that you're a vampire. Wouldn't it? Yeah. So the view of vampires for most of history has been that they're gross. They're either demon birds were like stinky, swarthy corpses. Sure. <laughs> that's how I'm described, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's weird because you'd be a modern vampire, which is oh. not at all the same. Oh. Because nobody is dressing up like a sexy, stinky corpse chewing on a shroud for Halloween. No. I don't know because I've seen some weird Halloween costumes <laughs> in that day. Anyway, I don't want to see anyone sh- chewing on a shroud even for Halloween. <laughs> Okay, okay, we'll make sure not to do that. <laughs> so why do you think that is? I'm thinking I'm thinking it has a lot to do with um virginity and pure purity and mm-hmm. cautionary tales. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It also has a lot to do with Bram Stoker. I I I'm lost. <laughs> do you know who Bram Stoker is? No. Okay, Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. Oh, okay, then yes. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> I don't know him by name. We're not on a first name basis or anything. Like, yeah, I, do, I know of him. Well, nobody is anymore because he's dead. Some might have known him on uh, a first name basis. Rachel. Bram. 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 What's up, Bram? <laughs> so it's common knowledge that Bram Stoker modeled his Count Dracula after Vlad the Impaler. Yes, I know that guy. And it's very easy to remember because what he did is in his name. Right. That's why they call me Stacy the Weird Podcaster Lady. They don't call you that. Oh. They call you Stacy Wigman because you're a man in a wig. Shh. And we don't need to know why they call me Rachel Stuck. <laughs> Moving on. So, um, Vlad the Impaler also known as Vlad Dracula because his dad's name was Dracul and so son of Dracul is Dracula. So Vlad Dracula was a 15th century sadistic Wallachian voivode. Voivode. Oof. Which, yeah, voivode, which is a prince, basically, um, in Wallachia, who liked to drive wooden stakes through people, hence the name Impaler. And then he would also like to have lunch next to their corpses and there's even this story. So he would, like, have them all around and then dine there, like, mm-hmm. for these, like, in front of these impaled corpses. And there's a story about how one of his servers was, like, came up to him and was, like, getting sick from the smell and, like, kind of covered his nose a little bit. 
And then um, Vlad's like, what's up? And he's like, it just, it's really hard. Can I be excused? I'm going to like throw up. And he's like, you can be excused, but I'm going to kill you. And he did kill him because the customer is always right. <laughs> Bitch. Bitch. He's like an early version of a Karen. <laughs> yes. I'd like to Karen speak to the, the manager, please. Your employee is not okay with me impaling people. <laughs> so it's preposterous. He must I would be like killed. a refund. I know I've already eaten my meal, but I would like a refund, please. <laughs> I had a horrible experience. I will be talking about this on Yelp. I will take you back <laughs> and impale you. <laughs> Metaphorically, obviously, via Yelp. Obviously. Gosh, calm down. <laughs> You know, just for that, I'm actually going to impale you. Oh, <laughs> twist. Oh, black twist. <laughs> Mom, they're everywhere. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> With your Kansas accent. I, <laughs> I need to be stopped, though. <laughs> All of your accents are now Kansas accents. Every single one of them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> So, Vlad, Vlad yeah, the Impaler, yeah. Dracula. Horrible, horrible person, and we are laughing. <laughs> right. Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is really interesting that I found out is that it's not true. Dracula was not modeled after Vlad the Impaler, <gasps> which, like, this is, according to everyone, like, NPR has stated that he was. So, what? here's, yeah. So, listen, Stoker's wife sold the notes that he was taking as he was writing Dracula. Dracula, um, after he died in 1912. And somehow we lost them. So scholars were speculating on where Dracula came from, and the link to Vlad was made in 1958. So there, and for good reason, like there, it was in the same location, you know, as uh, the, like, Hungarian, like, in that area. Mm-hmm. And Vlad was, he impaled people, like you said, like, it's in his name. Um, then, and Dracula, he named it after Dracula. So yeah. it's like, of course, it's that guy. But then when his when Stoker's notes were found in 72, it appears he might not have even known that Vlad the Impaler existed. Oh, like there's no. no yeah, there's no mention of him whatsoever. So we know for sure also that he did not get his name from them because from him because we know where he did get his name. His notes indicated that he was reading a book called An Account of the Principalities of Wallachia and Moldavia. By a Sir William Wilkinson. Not really a sir. I just said that. But <laughs> the book talks about many voivodes named Dracula, but nothing specifically about Vlad the Impaler. And Stoker had copied a footnote that read, Dracula in Wallachian language means devil. And he had capitalized devil. Oh, okay. It's not as fun of a story, but... No. I guess I'll take it. So we're wrong about the origins of Dracula. Why are we always wrong about things? <laughs> I know, because we're human. But it's okay. Because even if that wasn't the case, it still changed our whole idea of vampires. And that's fine. It doesn't matter how we did it. And Dracula, Vlad the Impaler can still be our Dracula. That's fine. We can okay. run with that. Hashtag not my Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> So, but also Stoker wasn't the first to move away from the idea of vampires being the gross, like, either birds or demons or whatever. That was an 1819 short story called The Vampire with a Y by John Polidori. Vampire with a Y instead of an I, not, like, instead of a V. It wasn't, like, the yampire, <laughs> which sounds like I'm umpire. A <laughs> <laughs> what do you think an umpire vampire would look like? Um, 
Well, it'd be really hard because baseball is usually played during the day. But when it's not, I guess it'll be like, uh, also they're wearing the big old mask, you can hardly tell. But you wouldn't want to slide into home base because then the umpire might like suck your toes. No, they can't get through it. That's why they make them wear the little face cage. (laughs) Not to protect themselves from the baseballs, but to protect the baseball (gasps) players from their fangs. It makes too much sense. All uh, umpires are vampires. You got this. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> I can figure it out. I knew it. <laughs> so John Polidori uh, wrote the vampire short story, and he created Lord Ruthven, who was a vampire and okay. seductive and not bloated and not a peasant. So he's <gasps> the one who's like, hey, I'm going to make him a hot, rich guy who's not distracted by rice. Um, and it was this version that Stoker perfected with Count Dracula. And then that, you know, we ran with it. So now we have, like, hot vampires. Some of them sparkle for some reason. I hope that doesn't last, but I know it probably will. At that time, even, it sparkled? Or are you talking about, like, no, more this contemporary? Is new. Yeah, okay. with, what's her name? With Stephanie Meyer? Yeah. <laughs> but it start like, the modern started there, and then, hey, maybe, who knows, maybe Stephanie Meyer is going to, like, cause a huge shift, too. I mean, Buffy did it, too. Oh, God, I love Buffy. But um, this idea of maybe the struggle, like, because vampires are mostly all evil, but now we're starting to, like, explore, like, what if they aren't evil? Or what if they have evil compulsions but are ultimately good people? Or what if some are evil and some aren't? Blah, what blah, if blah. I can fix him? What if I can be the uh, one? What if he watches me while I sleep and I find that romantic instead of fucking creepy? <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. I'd like to leave you with a question posed by Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who fake believers will remember from our Illuminati episode and possibly from their Philosophy 101 courses, was an Enlightenment philosopher. If there is in this world a well-attested account, it is that of vampires. Nothing is lacking. Official reports, affidavits of well-known people, of surgeons, of priests, of magistrates, The judicial proof is most complete. And with all that, who is there who believes in vampires? Me. (laughs) (laughs) There is, and that's it, so I'm done with that. But I will say that there is, uh, I didn't get into, but like the real vampire, like the hemomania or whatever, like people who have this compulsion to drink blood. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I read a little bit about it, and I was like, I don't have the stomach for this. I'm already, like, I already had to read about uh, toe biting and stuff. And so chewing. I'm not going to do it. Ugh, and shroud chewing. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, there are two things that my ADD brain is telling me I have to say right now. First, okay. I really like that that person in the blog post was like, oh, I bet that they did, that Sesame Street had him mm-hmm. as a vampire because of the compulsion to count and pick things up, and not the mm-hmm. fact that the guy's name is Count Dracula, <laughs> and <laughs> count, and then he would count that. Mm-hmm. I just love that they're like, no, 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 it's not that simple. You have to trust me. You have to, be- you have to listen. You got to believe in me. And they got like the string boards up, and they're like freaking out. Uh-huh. I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. I, I, I enjoy that. And the other thing I want to say is, uh, in a slight defense of um stephanie meyer yes twilight i do consider to be trash but i still feel really bad for how because i was a young 
girl at the time. I feel really mm-hmm. bad for how young girls were treated for reading that. And um, mm-hmm. it had a lot of the I'm not like other girls phenomenon. And people would say, well, it's bad. It's bad to teach women those things. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but every other piece of media pretty much is also teaching women bad things about relationships. So pick your poison. Um, <laughs> just mm-hmm. because it's for girls, you hate it more. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I did, uh, I read them because I had to, because that's mm-hmm. all girls, because I was, I was there. I was there for it. I did not go to watch all the movies. Um, I think, I think I went with my friends to see the first one and then I didn't watch any others, um, after that, but I did read all the books and I was super disappointed that it ended with like nothing. It could have really like sparked some interest and in, in whatnot, but it, it all kind of led to nothing, which was disappointing. But but I mean, that was like foreshadowed in the very first book where nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I hated it on so many levels, like so many levels, but yeah. That's okay. I won't talk anymore trash. She's very rich now. She is very rich, so I mean, I don't <laughs> feel too bad, but I just, like I said, I feel bad for all the young girls, like, who were, they were told, like, you know, you're stupid, How? why would you like that kind of thing, and da, da, da. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen. Again, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if you were to watch Transformers, they don't treat women very well there either. Oh, uh, it's horrible. Oh, yeah, don't even but, get me started on Transformers. But they say it's okay because, oh, well, it's for, you know, it's fun. It's action. For boys. It's for boys uh, so let's just teach our boys that it's cool to do this. Yeah. Ugh, I know. No, I would never blame the re- the readership, especially young adults. Like, for I would never make I would never shame a girl for liking Twilight, but I will yeah. for the rest of my days shame Stephanie Meyer for writing that and thinking that it was a, like a good thing. I just think it's so funny. Like you could totally tell that like she had no direction in it. Like she talked about how it was a dream. Um, that she's dreamed that there are these two people laying in a in a meadow and one of them was sparkly mm-hmm. and that's how it all started. And I'm like, yeah, obviously, like you were in over your head and somehow <laughs> this got really popular and then now you're stuck writing a whole freaking series on it. <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> I was just writing in my dream journal and then somebody found it and panicked and I said, no, no, no I'm just writing, a, I'm writing a book. <laughs> and then I had to go with it. I had no direction. And that's why it ended with nothing happening. Yeah, why are your Google searches so weird? Uh, uh, uh I'm writing no. a book. It's oh, a book. No. Now I have to write a book about Nacho Mancy. It's fine, though. I read them all, and it was really, it was kind of, I mean, I really hated it the whole time that I was like, I have to be plugged into this and to, like, know what's going on in our culture today. And it just made me a little sad. It was like, what is it that's resonating with these young girls so much? Being one of those young girls, it was harder for me to, like, to feel that way about it. Um, Like, I, I, I didn't necessarily have the attachment that I pretended I did. And not to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm I'm retroactively going back and be like, well, I was in right. that. I was in that. I don't know. We don't shame boys for liking the same, right. like, for liking things that are popular, but we definitely shame girls for liking things that right. are popular. Mm-hmm. And um, we shouldn't. Right. And I do know that vampires did come from, like, they did become kind of, like, sexualized in the Mm -hmm. sense that, like, you know, taking your virginity and taking your blood and all of that. mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and, you know, because sometimes blood is in reference to fertility, too. (laughs) And then they Mm -hmm. started biting people on the necks at that time. Instead of the toes. Instead of the toes. Because they're like, we're Mm -hmm. not about foot fetishes, but uh, what that (laughs) neck do, though? (laughs) 
It's a big disappointment, just like life. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so I don't know. I just think it's it's really interesting to see how um, all of this works. But the one thing that we know for sure is that this is all 100% real. And 100% fake believe. So there you have it. Witches are cool, vampires drool, and Halloween is just around the corner. Stacy and I are brewing up a little treat for the holidays, so be sure to keep your eyes and ears peeled. Not literally, though. That would probably just attract vampires. <laughs> anyway.